0: Hello and welcome to the Spidey Dude Radio Network. I'm Zach Joyner, owner of the website that powers the podcast and executive producer of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the Spectacular Spider-Man Sal Buscema era podcast, a podcast all about Sal's run on the Spectacular Spider-Man. Before I turn it over to our host, Chris, I wanted to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Spidey Network. They help sponsor the show. Greg, Vinkman, Scott, Kaylee, and Phoenician, thank you all for your support. And if you want to get some more info, check it out at that aforementioned website at patreon.com to get more perks like getting some shows early. And we'll have more coming very, very soon. They'll get some exclusives very soon. Stay tuned for that. Finally, before I go, I want to encourage you to check out our other fine programs. Spy Dude Experience, ASM Classics, Make Mine Mayday, Broken Rider Variety Hour, Clone Saga Chronicles. Spectacular Radio, and Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. Be sure to leave feedback on the respective feeds, give us a five-star review, and leave feedback at the email address at thatradiowhore at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this exciting episode of the show, and now, here's Chris.
1: Spider-Man 142, published in 1988, written by Jerry Conway, art and inks by Sal Buscema, letters by Rick Parker, colorist is Bob Sharon, editor-in-chief at the time was Tom DeFalco, and editor was Jim Salcro. And uh, finally, it's the blockbuster showdown between Tombstone and the spectacular Spider-Man. The location? A construction site in Atlanta, Georgia. The mission? Bring Tombstone to justice or die trying. Meanwhile, the Avenger and the Persuader continue their efforts to brainwash the Captive Punisher cameo appearance by the clone of Gwen Stacy. Some awesome stuff. So, Chris, take it away, sir, and I will pull up the comic.
2: The issue opens up with Peter swinging through the skylights, and you're wondering, gee, wasn't the last issue, last issue uh, he running off to be Mary Jane? You know, because his wife got attacked by Tombstone. And we immediately jump right back to that. Um, And you find out that she is okay with a sprained wrist as Tombstone came in and just twisted her wrist in order to get some information. He calls Peter at the hospital saying, I want that tape that's got the incriminating evidence against me from my good pal, Robbie. And uh, right there you have the best of Sal's artwork. Jumping right back to the cover real quick, I want to point out the scope of his artwork with the way Tombstone is holding Spider-Man over a girder. Oh, you yeah. got to make sure you pay attention that he's standing on a girder, because otherwise it looks like Tombstone can fly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess the title, Will, is just, it mostly focuses on you know, like, Robbie's will, because Robbie has pretty much given up in this whole story. He thinks his back is broken, even though he's told it's not. Uh, we also have, uh, you know, the will of the Punisher being broken by a mutant. We have who will break their will f- uh, first, Spider-Man or Tombstone, in their big climactic battle. Um, a lot of power of willpower kind of analogy going on in this whole issue.
1: Yeah, I was a little confused. Uh, so I didn't know Gwen. So um, right in the middle of this, we, we, why don't sa- we...
2: Why don't we save that till the very end? Okay, sure. Yeah, why don't we say that? That 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 leads into a whole big episode we have to unpack with the um sp- with the uh spider clone podcast who will come on for it.
1: Okay. So why did they throw it in the middle? Is they should have put it in the end?
2: No, they, they <laughs> there's at least, there's at least three more issues coming with the Gwen clone making appearances before the evolution high evolutionary war. Yeah. Indeed, and, and I just remembered I haven't read this, so I cannot review it properly, so I'm going to go. Okay. Um, still, still great, regardless, this is wonderful. And uh, I will see you all another time, thank you, and uh, good luck reviewing this uh, hard-hitting story, pun intended. And um, yep. y'all have a good night, and smile. You too. Thanks, Thanks, Drew. So- so, we have Robbie with his son uh, getting through rehab, still believing that his back is broken when it was just been traumatized. Um, and uh, this is really important because Robbie sees the ghost of Tombstone, and this is not the last time Robbie and Tombstone will have interactions because uh, there's a big uh, courtroom, uh, you know, the trial of Tombstone will come up eventually. Which doesn't really amount to much considering Tombstone is running around the Marvel Universe right now. (laughs) But uh, the giant Robbie Tombstone fight comes back in Amazing Spider Man next month, actually, in the current comics, which is really fantastic. You are so far ahead.
1: Sorry. I I, I was looking for um, Tombstone with Robbie, but um, I missed it.
2: Robbie basically pushes through the ghost of Tombstone's past in a way in order to realize that he has to, he has a story to tell and he calls Jonah down and then of course also resigns as the editor-in-chief of the Daily Bugle because he feels as though a person who is an accessory to murder should not be working at the Daily Bugle. Gee, J. Jonah Jameson had the same problem when it was revealed by uh, the Hobgoblin that uh, way back in Amazing Spider-Man, which, by the way, these events take place before the Secret Wars comic book we covered, the Hobgoblin blackmailed uh, Jonah with the revelation that he created Alistair Smythe and the Spider-Slayer robots, the uh, the Scorpion. I- I'm sorry, he created uh, the Scorpion and the Fly. He didn't reveal that he created uh, the Spider-Slayer robots. Uh, don't know why the Hobgoblin didn't have that evidence. Maybe because Norman Osborn, which was retcon later on to reveal, had not planted that information. But uh, it just seems a little bit weird that Robbie's going to resign considering he knows Jonah's history of creating murderous monsters like Scorpion, who has murdered plenty of people.
1: (laughs) So one thing... The fight is,
2: by the way, fantastic. I mean, you just have this just, you know, the the flashy, swinging, arching panels with the rushing of the air for Spider-Man and everything else is amazing. True testament of the art by... uh, Sal.
1: Yeah, totally agree. The artwork is amazing in us. And uh, one thing I found shocking, you know, Tombstone, I mean, he's not really you know, a supervillain. He's just a regular guy and he's, you know, he he takes out Spider-Man.
2: He would eventually get superpowers, like super enhanced strength, but that's not a story that we're going to get to for quite some time. Yeah. Um, In the animated series, like I said, uh, Tombstone... I'm pretty sure Tombstone was a black guy who got dipped into like a Joker vat of chemicals and got his skin bleached white. Whereas in the comic book, as I said before, he is an albino black man.
1: Right. And I think in the animated also,
0: they said that whatever that treatment was made his body bulletproof.
2: Right. Basically, hard as granite, like, tomb- like a tombstone. Right. Uh, but the fight between the two of them, especially when Spider Man. You know, Tombstone's like, I gotcha, and he knocks him off, and he's like, oh, Spider-Man's dead, and Spider-Man just comes swinging back, because Spider-Man wants payback for his wife. He ain't gonna let Tombstone, right there, just the smash across the face over and over again. I mean, he is pissed about what happened to MJ and Robbie. You know, it was personal with Robbie, it was really personal with MJ.
1: Yeah. And uh, the last panel on, on this page here, and this is really hard-hitting, especially for anybody that's been bullied or anything like that. You know, it, it's he, he's saying, you know, uh, why would you do this to uh, to Robbie? I mean, you were going to kill him. And he says, how could I kill him? Robbie's my friend. Even though he bullied Robbie his entire life, he still cons- considers him his uh, friend.
2: Yes, he does. Sad.
1: Very sad indeed.
2: And, of course, the arranger's um, uh, persuader mutant guy has turned the Punisher into one of the Kingpin's minions. Dun, dun, dun.
0: The last panel.
2: Yeah, that doesn't last more than just that one issue coming up, so don't worry. But this actually <laughs> sets up a big problem for the arranger afterwards, which we will get to.
1: Well, thanks for now, letting me know, Chris, because I, thing... I I was just going to say thanks for letting me know because I was worried because the Punisher, you know, he, he can't be evil.
2: <laughs> Deep dive continuity thing. Do you see what Peter mentioned? Something about a book called Webs. Do you know what Webs was?
0: No. It was a magazine.
2: James Jonah Jameson, being the skinflint jackass, publishing, uh, money-grubbing son of a bitch that he is, took all of Peter's Spider-Man photos he's been taking since he was 16 years old, working at the Daily Bugle, and put them together in a book that got published and put Peter on tour and only gave Peter 10%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that sounds and, like uh, JJ.
2: <laughs> and this is a storyline that, <clears throat> excuse me, this is a storyline that, again, started in Amazing Spider-Man and has is, it basically goes through all the spider books. So after the Tombstone story is over, we're going to see Peter in a lot of different locations because he's traveling the world promoting webs. And Mary Jane even points out, gee, Tiger, you're going to become more, more famous than even me <laughs> because he has to go to book signing after book signing after book signing for webs
0: gotta get that 10%
2: yeah it's very very funny I mean you see Peter like at a bookstore just piles upon piles of books and people lined out the door who want him to sign because they didn't know you know a lot of people if you don't live in New York and the internet wasn't around at this time I'm sure that's been a retcon later on that nobody knew who the photographer was who took the pictures of Spider-Man in fact a lot of times like in the movie you know Jameson protects Peter's identity when the Green Goblin shows up uh, they don't give Peter the byline or they didn't after a while so Peter could protect his identity at home so a villain didn't come after Peter through Aunt May at home, not knowing he's Spider-Man who's taking the pictures of Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, but wouldn't you think J.J. wouldn't give him a byline because then he'd have to give him more money?
2: <laughs> no, he did it out <laughs> of respect to Peter to protect him. Okay. Yeah, no. It, it In an upcoming storyline, we will get to... Um, we show we get to see how much Jonah actually likes both Peter and unfortunately has to admit how good Spider Man really is. Okay, which by the way, if you're currently reading Amazing Spider Man, he has a podcast right now, which is very funny because we're on a podcast. Yes, Jonah has a podcast and it's a pro Spider Man podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but trust me. He takes his shots at Spider-Man, even though he knows Spider-Man is his former employee and former nephew, Peter Parker, because Aunt May used to be married to Jonah's father, um, or, so they were like stepbrothers or something. Uh, even though he's pro Spider-Man in his podcast, he'll still he'll still take his shots at Spider-Man whenever Spider-Man doesn't follow his advice. <laughs> There's a great issue of Amazing Spider-Man, where Peter is hanging outside battling the supervillain, and Jonas Jonah's leading out with a microphone trying to get a quote.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, going right to the Gwen Stacy clone, yes. The yes. clone of Gwen Stacy shows up in this, and she's being chased by enemies of the high evolutionary. Why in the world would this be relevant to WandaVision? Do either one of you know?
1: Uh, no, I do not. How about you, Rich? Uh, the WandaGore Cow,
0: maybe?
2: Yes, the, mm-hmm. the high evolutionary who's basically Island of Dr. Moreau kind of guy, he um, created the midwife cow woman, and I don't mean like a fat woman who's a cow or derogatory statement like that. There's an actual cow slash mutant woman like a teenage mutant into turtle is a turtle turned into a human-sized turtle. Okay, so that, that's what I'm clear. Just in case anyone yep. has a problem with the way I'm saying it. But she's a cow woman. Uh, she was the midwife to deliver Pietro and Wanda in the Marvel Universe. Yes, yes. And she was created, and they were, they were, they, uh, after the mother, you know, in one continuity or another, we're not going to get into the giant debate on whether or not they're the children of Magneto or not, but in one continuity, the wife found out that, uh, who Eric Glencher really was and what type of madman he was, uh, ran away pregnant to Wondergore Mountain and, uh, Gave birth to the twins, and the cow woman was the midwife.
0: Right. And, the and they lived mad, on Wonder Mountain.
2: They lived under Wondergore Mountain under the protection of the High Evolutionary for quite some time. Who was basically creating an island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason why they're chasing the Gwen Stacy clone, I don't want to get into it yet. It does tie into High Evolutionary. It does tie into heavy Clone Saga stuff. I think all that stuff is still in continuity. I can tell you right now, the Gwen Stacy clone is dead. Done and dead. No longer ever coming back. We don't need her anymore because we have the ghost spider who is Spider Gwen from another universe. And she gets, by the way, she had a mini series where the the jackass pedophile uh, jackal character, uh, you know, made his disgusting comments at her. Like, hey, by the way, did you know I used to bang a clone of yours on this earth? <laughs> so so is I it... couldn't have you, I decided to clone one of you <laughs> so I could have you to myself. Gross, dude. Very gross.
1: <laughs> so is, is this the first time a clone has been referenced in Spider-Man?
2: Are you not aware of the original clone saga from the uh, 70s? No. Okay. Long story short, Jackal... Professor Miles Warren hated Spider-Man because he was banging Gwen Stacy, or so he thought, and he wanted to. I'm not even joking, that is the reason why the Jackal hates Spider-Man, because he wanted to bang his college student. So first, he convinces the Punisher, in the first appearance of the Punisher, that Spider-Man killed industrialist Norman Osborn, he's an evil guy, and he should be killed. Never mind the Punisher is doing work for a guy dressed in like a goblin Jackal costume, so, but whatever, we didn't write the Punisher very well which is very funny considering Jerry Conway created the Punisher. Who's the writer of this story? Jerry Conway. Long story short, the Jackal clones Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy. Without getting into the whole Ben Riley clone saga nonsense of the 90s, let's just keep it right now for he cloned Gwen Stacy, he cloned Peter Parker. Peter thought the clone was dead, he dumped it in a smokestack. Gwen Stacy walked away never to be seen ever again until this story. However, there is also Carrie at c-a-r-r-i-o-n a a living corpse character who is possibly the clone of miles warren in one story that we will get to when we get to issue 149 there is so much to unpack it's ridiculous but let's just leave it at spider clone right now sorry gwen clone dead okay (laughs) she was killed during spider island if you've ever read that story
1: have not
2: that's where the bed, the bed bugs were infected with spider de- spider power stuff or whatever, and bit everyone in New York and everyone in New York got spider powers. Oh I storyline was kind of silly. Yes, and it was orchestrated by the Jackal in league with the Spider Queen, who was an avenger villain from way back in Captain America's day fighting Nazis. <laughs> and the first thing she did was kill the spy- the Gwen clone <laughs> death to Gwen. That's also where, by the way, like, um, uh, anti-venom came from, too, by the way, because Eddie Brock was, you know, there was the whole anti-venom I'm not going to get into it. It's too much to attack. <laughs> <laughs> but let's just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, that's your rundown of the Clone Saga for now. I don't want to get into any more of it because we do have two more appearances of her coming up, as well as the High Evolutionary War Annual and Issue 149. So. And then we never fucking see these characters ever again until the 90s. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Peter, Peter will save her. Peter.
2: Yes, Peter will save her. Just a real quick rundown of the ads in the issue. There's a G.I. Joe ad that you can get the Fridge Bazooka Major Blood action figures, uh, which I think is kind of cool. And um, the spotlight of over 4,000 comics at the Mile High Comic Book Store in Denver, Colorado, you could order from. Oh, no. And uh, it says, next issue. What does the arranger want with the Punisher to eliminate in Dallas? Spider-Man finds out while he's there promoting his photo book, but he may not wish to save his intended victim. See you there. That's very important to an upcoming storyline in this actual comic book that we are reading when we get to the 150s.
1: Awesome. Um, no Can't, spoilers. Wait. No spoilers.
2: Can't no spoilers. wait. No spoilers. It's 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 really cool, and it honestly, it, it will come up to it. It's the comic book that made me love this series so much. It's it's graphically violent. Let's just say <laughs> <laughs> there is shit in here that will turn you white. <laughs> uh,
1: I can't wait to read it. I'm in, I'm definitely enjoying this trip, uh, Chris. So thank you so much for uh, for suggesting that. Uh, you know, coming up with this idea. I think it's great to uh, to get through these spectacular Spider Mans that you know a lot of people. You know, haven't read and for some reason aren't on uh, Marvel Unlimited, so a lot of people can't really read unless you have the back issues.
2: Right. And by the way, in the Bulletin Bullpens, which is basically talking about what else is happening in the Marvel Universe, uh, besides their profile on Bobby Chase, uh, who was an editor at Marvel, a female editor at the time, they talk about the Evolutionary War, and it kicks off this month uh in the Punisher annual number 1, Silver Surfer annual number 1, X-Factor annual number 3 and the Amazing Spider-Man and the uncanny X-Men and by the way even ALF, yes, the Melmac <laughs> fuzzy alien had a tie-in to the High Evolutionary War. Um so that annual that we are talking about would come out at least a few months before issue 149, but probably prior to Inferno because Inferno ends and then that issue of 149 which has a lot to unpack happens
1: okay if, uh, if we're going to be covering that just uh, give me a heads up so I can hunt it down
2: and, we uh, will we're still a little ways away from Inferno but I will find out what issues that's going to happen soon because that is a three month Marvel crossover event so a lot of stuff to read
1: sounds good
2: Yes. Yeah, so we will do three we, we honestly should do a couple episodes dedicated to the main event if there's there's so many tie-ins to it.
1: Sounds good. Yeah, just give me a heads up, and we'll uh, we'll figure it out.
2: Okay, because we're going to have to do the same thing for X uh, um, of Vengeance, which is the cosmic Spider-Man story. That's a multi-part crossover with all the other Spider-Man books. We, I, I will have to cover.
1: Sweet. Yep. A lot
2: of so, Spidey. I can t- cover, like spectacular, the main show splash pages could cover everything else happening in Acts of Vengeance. It was basically a guy shows up at all the villains' doorsteps and says, Hey, you suck at fighting the Fantastic Four, Dr. Doom. Why don't you go fight the X Men? And you, Kingpin, suck at fighting Daredevil. Why don't you go fight Captain America? And it's revealed that person's Loki. Which, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you couldn't figure that out from the very beginning, it's like. <laughs>
1: very cool Uh, well I know you have to go Chris was there anything else you wanted to cover before uh, we wrap it up nope okay so uh, Chris where do you want or where do you like people interacting with you
2: you can find me over at Goth Girl Horror, the hack slash podcast my other comic book show with Charcy Lux we have uh, two episodes coming out this week one covering my first maniac issues three and four which is the origin of Cassie hack and we also have a giant review episode of Cassie hack uh, products including the terrible Cassie hack toy that just came out and you can find me over at the Vlado Dracula page where you can pick up my graphic novel which is now in print All, Most of the Kickstarters are out
1: Awesome the exception
2: of a few international ones and some people whose surveys were completely messed up
1: <laughs> <laughs> And uh, with that we'll catch you guys later Bye Peace out